Hey, Ben. It's Tadis. How's it going? Hey, Tadis. Hey. Um, hey, we were uh, we both wrote about uh, a piece talking about the kind of the the equity risk premium over kind of uh, versus real estate over a couple of centuries, and it kind of got me thinking about a topic which I know I've written about and you've written about as well, and that's really kind of thinking about data, uh, equity market data over not just decades but centuries. And so, uh, I guess one of my first questions to you is. You know what? How should we really think about that data? I mean, we've re we've really only had computers and computerized data for you know really not that long. But you know, people purport to have data for stocks going back, uh, you know, all the way back to the 1800s. So yeah, and unfortunately, I think a lot of people take it as they take it at face value too that th those numbers must be exact because I mean, if you think about it, like the, the Schiller data that he uses for the CAPE ratio goes back to 1871. But I read about it, and I think in one of his books, or maybe the New York Times or something, he actually came up with the CAPE ratio in 1988 when he wrote an article about it. So obviously they had to piece a lot of that data together. And even Schiller said, going into the real estate crisis, one of the reasons that it was so hard for people to understand what was happening with real estate prices is because no one had ever bothered to put that data together. And he was one of the first ones to do it. So not only is the data old, but the the collection of the data is relatively new and obviously they're using data collected at the time but i i, I wish i had a time frame to give in, in terms of here's a drop dead and when you can can use it or can't use but i i think you just have to take it with a huge grain of salt no i think that's absolutely right i mean i think you know it's you know it, it's amazing because i think you're the, i think you hit it on the head people take that data as uh, as kind of as gospel. And I know, you know, for a long time, the Ibbotson data in terms of, you know, stocks, bonds, uh, and bills was, again, one of those things that were just kind of uh, taken as, you know, taken as gospel. And so, uh, you know, I think it's it's probably a too big of an ask for the, the, average invest, the average investor to kind of, you know, dig into the details and be skeptical about it. But I think you're right in terms of, you know, kind of the general rule being, you know, anytime you see somebody purporting to have, uh, you know, you know, centuries of data, I think you have to, you know, take that, like you said, take it with a big grain of salt. So I remember a few years ago reading a story in the at the Chicago Business School website about how they put together the first CRISP data, that CRSP database, and they did it in the 1960s, and they basically didn't have any computers at the time, and they were trying to piece back together to the 1920s all these stock market prices. And they didn't really have a lot to go on. And they, they basically said they were starting from scratch and they were trying to work backwards. And I think you can use that sort of data to provide something of a range of outcomes maybe and think in a probabilistic way. But I think if you're trying to use that data to show uh, this is exactly what's going to happen because something happened back then, it, it's such a stretch because not only is the data suspect in a lot of ways, but... I think it's hard because back at that time, no one had the data either. So having the data in some ways can kind of change the way market participants think about it. No, absolutely. And just for people's reference, the CRISP database is essentially the gold standard for academic research. So, you know, that just to give you some, just to give people some context, you know, that's, you know, just about every academic paper you read today that, you know, uses, uh, uses equity data is in all likelihood using the CRISP database. So. And of course, the other element of this is even the data that is good that we have now that all the quants are using, uh, un unfortunately, everyone has that same data in, in most cases, which is kind of good and bad, I guess. It's, we've democratized 
the use of data. And, and I'm always shocked at the number, the amount of free data that's available today. I wrote a post about this a number of years ago, some of my favorite websites for free data, because people ask all the time. Um, but that's kind of a double-edged sword because of the fact that it is free now means that everyone has it in most cases. And, and so it's, it kind of comes down to how do you use it and what is, how do you create your analysis on that data, not just what is the data itself. Yeah, no, that's why hedge funds are in a, you know, arms race to try and find, you know, alternative data that isn't yet captured by, you know, a lot of these free databases. So that's why they're, you know, uh, looking at satellite data and, you know, shipping data and all sorts of stuff, which, you know, is, uh, kind, you know, way beyond my pay grade. So. And it's crazy how that stuff becomes table stakes. At a certain point, you get a first mover advantage and then everyone uses that. So again, it comes down to how are you going to actually use the data in your analysis to sort of look at the past through a lens of, you know, probabilities and then apply it to the present and then think about the future, which obviously is one of the things that makes this whole game so interesting, I guess. Yeah, I think the challenge for, you know, the, the bigger challenge, I think, is more that, that I find to be, and I would I'd probably characterize it as being more conceptual, is even if you assume that the data that we have going back is, you know, pristine, let's just say it's pristine, let's just say it's as good as we get, you know, to me is to what, what relevance is stock market data from the 1890s or early 20th century, which is essentially you know, dominated by railroad stocks, how is that relevant to right. the stock market today? I mean, to me, it's like, you know, it's, almost, it's like apples and oranges. Well, I think that, that's the other big lesson that I always get from looking at market history is it gives you a sense of how the structure of the market changes over time. And I think that's important for people to understand. And I think in one of your uh, blogger pieces where you ask other bloggers questions, I think you asked something along the lines of, what if we had 10,000 years of data? What would it show us or how would it change the way you feel and it's kind of amazing because even if we, I think even if we did have that much data to go on, it, it still in some ways wouldn't help because people would just be looking for different ways to use it and, and sort of data mining from those 10,000 years. So I think it, it always is just, it's really hard. And, and again, it, it helps you think through probabilities, not certainties in a lot of ways. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I mean, I, th I think the, the, you know, the, for quants, I think the kind of the existential question is, you know, what's changed you know have we had are we in a completely different environment where the previous data is if not irrelevant is you know should be greatly depreciated so i mean i think that's something you know not just quants but i think you know all investors have to deal with whether you're a quant or whether you're a fundamental investor is you know is is you know is the valuation i'm using on this stock today is it relevant? You know, so I think that's, you know, I think that's always the challenge uh, for anybody, you know, doing any sort of invest, any making any sort of investment decision. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I give those researchers credit who painstakingly go back through and put those data series together, because I think it is in some ways it's, it's almost more entertaining and interesting than anything. But uh, I just don't know how useful it is. So that's kind of my, my big takeaway is is just be careful when you especially going back that far with your data and trying to make really legitimate extreme you know predictions off of it yeah no i think you're right i think you have to i think you have to look backwards but the biggest decision for anybody investing is how you take that how you take that data analyze it and you know apply it to the future and i think like you said uh you know these are all pro you know we're we're dealing with probabilities not certainty so right there are no front tests
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Ben, thanks very much for uh, for joining me, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Addis.